Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glut. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show... Please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. Today on the show, I'm talking to Alex Solomon. He not only has undergone massive weight loss, but he is now a coach for weight loss and fitness. You can find him on Instagram at alex.solomon. Alex Solomon, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. Thank you for having me. Dude, I'm a huge fan of yours. I'm a huge fan of the content you put out and your message and your whole story. And I just wanted to talk to you and hear, like, I, what what was the impetus for you to make the change? And did you go through a bunch of shit or did you just, like, find a plan and stick to it? Like, I want to know everything. <laughs> I appreciate First of all, I appreciate you having me on. You know, I've been a huge fan of yours for years. All the movies, all stuff. You know, it's a pleasure being here. And I appreciate you telling me that, you know, you're a big fan of content, you know, because I say it from a place of knowing what people need to hear, but also from a place where I know where I've been through before, because it's, there's so much bullshit online that it's just hard to sift through it, you know, and you asked me like where I started. So at my heaviest, I was around 365, right? That was, it's hard to exactly know what year it was, but around 18 years old, something like that, you know? And that came about through just years of eating whatever I thought I could without any kind of consequences. Because, you know, if, if you know, if you're like my mom, she bought me all the food I wanted, you know, because yeah. she's a very giving person, single mother, you know, so here you want this, you want that, there's no limits. And I had no idea about the repercussions this food had on my body because I was a huge gamer back in the day. You know, so I sat behind a computer, very sedentary. 
I was like a, a recluse, you know, I hated going outside, you know, so I just sat in front of the screen, ate probably takeout three times, if not more per day, you know, and it's like thousands of calories per meal, you know? So, and there's one specific time where I went to the doctor and for some reason I went, I hated going to the doctor just because, I mean, when you're at that weight in that kind of health condition, it's never good news that a doctor is going to tell you. It's always something negative. So I avoided going to the doctor as much as I could, but I had to go to the doctor for one specific reason because I was, I think I was joining the high school football team. I wasn't good at all. I just big body, you know, six, four, three sixty five. Oh, hey, you can play. Maybe, maybe not. I, I couldn't play. You, and- you, you'll get in somebody's way. exactly exactly what i was there for yeah exactly you know so i went to the doctor because i had to get a a physical done you know before i could join a team and the doctor ran on my blood test did everything he's like listen pre-diet you're pre-diabetic you got a fatty liver high triglycerides your blood pressure's through the roof you know you just you're not in good shape you know if you don't change something now you will not live past 30. I don't know if what there's no way to know if he was right or not about the specific age, sure. but there's a point in time. I feel like in everybody's life where something has to click for whatever reason, that is the exact moment that clicked for me where I walked out of that doctor's office and I just pictured my life in the future, just not being there, missing out on all these things that life had to offer. You know? So I told myself, listen, I don't know how somebody loses weight, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know what is what, but I'm going to try my best to lose weight so I can experience whatever life has in store for me. You know, so that's the exact moment that it clicked for me. And afterwards, it was like a trial and error, trying to make the Lego pieces fit. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, there's so much complexity today. How old are you? Do you mind saying how old you are? I'll be 33 in March. 33. So this is 15 years ago about, right? Yeah. 15 years ago, 15 years ago, I think it was perfectly fine for a doctor. And, and in fact, when I was a kid going to the doctors, I just expected that every time, like I relate so much to the idea of like, I don't want to go to a doctor. I know it's not good, but like, I, as long as I can take that feeling of it's not good and shove it in a closet in my mind and lock the closet door and like have it be hidden there even from me i'm happier than having somebody say to me hey your condition is not good this gets into like this weird thing where i like i want like to say you know if you want to be a gamer and eat fast food three times a day fine i don't want to get in your way but when a when a doctor's primary concern is your health and they're looking at something that is objectively causing some problems to your health i feel like it's probably their responsibility to say hey this is not this is not good right and and we're getting yeah. to a place now where like doctors are being told not to say that you know and mm-hmm. and and I think that that like is scary to me. And again, like I'm 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 basically a moral relativist. Like I, like I'm not trying to determine what is correct or incorrect for anybody. But if you're at a doctor, the doctor's job is the optimization of health, right? I mean, I think why Absolutely. else are you going? So hopefully, that, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and that that becomes like a very slippery slope. But but that's amazing that 
you know, I, I feel like it took me so many instances of that message, you know, and whether, you know, I, I don't have like a very firm belief in God, but if there is some universal presence that's sending me signals, it took so many banging me over the head of like people saying we're concerned about you and me struggling yeah. and life being harder in literal terms with like just moving through life was physically mm. difficult and uh that's fucking awesome man that that Appre that, it, that clicked for you there i appreciate it, man what was the moment for you that made it click because you said you went through a lot of different doctors before it actually crossed that path that 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 point in time where you said that we said that's it i gotta change something I, I had to get sober first because I, I I had a, a bit of a substance abuse problem. And so I, 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 I without even thinking, like I said, like there there was um, this compulsion in me to take these things and like actively not think about them. Right. Like occlude them from my consciousness. And so like, you know, of like 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 avoiding looking in a mirror in in literal yeah. terms but this would be all mental stuff like you know every time i stood up i i was aware on some level that it was much harder for me to stand up than it would be for a guy who was 200 pounds right yeah. me at my heaviest so that was just all like we're not thinking about that and and then there was a moment of like oh i, I have to get sober because i'm this is just no way to live. It's miserable. There's too much pain and discomfort yeah. uh, um, it, just involved in trying to numb that pain all the time. Right. I, I wanted to be numbed out on real serious drugs 24 hours a day. And even when I would do that, I would still experience these these moments of, of real pain and and uh, and despair um, that I would then quickly try to do more drugs to cover up. And, and it just became mostly uncomfortable. So I, yeah. so I worked on that for a while. And, uh, and then I had this moment where I had a girlfriend who I cared about more than anything I'd ever cared about before. And I was still in this game of like, not actively, but I'd spent the most, the majority of my life, not thinking actively, not thinking about my state and my condition, that it wasn't super present in my mind. And this guy, I had this interaction with a guy who basically held a mirror up to my face and said, look at yourself. You have to take a minute and look at yourself. And mm. he, he did this, you know, because he felt that it was his duty from a religious perspective to do it, which whether you disagree with him or disagree, he felt he was doing the right thing. And, and I, I, I wouldn't fault him for that. But but what what occurred for me was, oh, I'm just through his words. I am now forced to look at myself. And in yeah. doing that, I suddenly started thinking about my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. And 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 all this stuff came into view about like, you know, I. I would avoid doing things with her. Like she would want to go on a hike and I would just find a reason. Yeah. not to go. She would want to go to the beach and I would find a reason not to go. She would want to go to a museum and I would find a reason. So I was actively being a non-participant in her life. And, and, and I knew that I had to seek help from her, which became the weirdest thing because that conversation, it was as though I was telling her a secret 
but it you know it felt like a secret to me but it was also the most obvious thing ever like i'm yeah 500 pounds and i'm gonna now tell you that because i feel like you don't know because you've never brought it up you know what i mean so you yeah. must be blind to this thing it was really weird but that was the moment for me how did that go with that conversation with her was she supportive when you told her you know i i'm struggling through these things you know was she supportive or kind of like accepted it but didn't really help you out too much no she was it was as though i said i want to go have coffee with you and she was like yeah i like coffee we can have coffee mm. you know it was that there was absolutely no excess significance and i've replayed this in my mind 10 million times and i think had she said oh my god thank god i've been waiting for you to realize this and ask me for help i think it would have freaked me out and had she said no i don't want you to change that would have freaked me out like i have reanalyzed my memory of that conversation so many times there was th that she just reacted in the absolute perfect way which was yeah i can help you sure you want to do that yeah that's we amazing can totally do that yeah and then she helped me immeasurably and through our relationship i think there's only been one time in the past 20 plus years where she said hey you got to get below this weight and that was after we had we we then had four kids and i had to have this was 2016 i had to have a surgery on my bicep and i'd gotten pretty thin really thin thinner than i've ever been recently in 2010 and then 2012 i was just doing all the wrong things to stay thin right like just cardio yeah. all day long starving myself i was miserable oh, yeah. and i was like there. white knuckling my <laughs> my maintenance and weight loss and and i got to the point where the doc even the doctor like the sports medicine doctor was like you're done you don't need to lose weight and i was like this guy <laughs> doesn't know what he's talking about right because i knew better than him i know better <laughs> yeah exactly and i was like i still need to lose 20 pounds right if if i want my I was uh I was like 220 12% body fat in a DEXA scan and wow. um it was crazy and 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 the BMI in order to be of a normal weight I had to be 180 and this doctor yeah. was like this doctor was like no that's bullshit you're fine you're you're active and I was doing 6 hours of cardio every day every single that's day that's insane I had a rush manage a resting heart rate of 35 beats a minute it like like he couldn't believe it he was like you are you are a specimen of health you don't need to lose weight and i just was like no fuck you you don't know what you're talking about i gotta get i gotta lose 40 pounds and get to 180 yeah know? uh i i you know i'm an actor so i have a lot of time on my hands and i had just finished doing a tv series for a number of years so i like was like i don't really need to work right now and so i just started right. riding a bicycle you know, to the point where I got obsessed and was like going to France to ride every stage of the Tour de France and, uh, you know, like like a maniac. Um, yeah. All the while starving myself, like intentionally under eating. It was mm. not good. I get to 2012 and I go like, this sucks. I am miserable. Every day is a battle. I'm going to gain weight. Yeah. And my wife was like, OK, fine. If that's what you want to do, do that. Um, she, she, you know, she wasn't like, I'm going to bake you a cake, but she was like, I love you and you can do whatever you want. 
And then I got up to about 400 pounds. It took a few years to get back to 400 pounds. And I had to have a surgery on my arm and which is normally an outpatient surgery. Mm -hmm. And, and when I went into the doctor, he was like, Oh, uh, we have to do this in a hospital because of your weight, because you're at risk. You're at much higher risk. And when my wife heard that, she was, listen, she said, listen, I, I don't care what the weight is, but you just have to be below the high risk weight, whatever that is. And I think it was like 350. Mm-hmm. And and that's when I was like, oh, she does actually care about this in health terms. Like she, you know, she. Yeah. She wants me healthy. And so I got to put some investment in that. And that's really the first time I started thinking about weight loss in terms of health. And that was Mm -hmm. 2016. And and I've gotten to the weight I've at now. And it's been five years now that I've maintained this weight. And and it's not miserable. It's not Mm a, you know, it is, it is daily effort. But there's daily effort in eating, right? There's some Absolutely. effort in, in in calling up for takeout delivery. There's effort there. And so there's of course there's effort in maintaining this weight, but it's not the effort that I was experiencing starving myself and trying yeah. to fix everything with cardio. So let me ask you, what made it so you can so you can now now actually sustain your weight loss? No, what was because you were starving yourself before, like you said. You were doing too many crazy things. That wasn't sustainable. What did did you start doing that made the weight loss actually be sustainable now? Well, I figured out a plan that worked for me. You know, like I've tried every, I mean, I can't say literally every, but I've tried so many plans, um, uh, you know, keto, Atkins, um, uh, macrobiotic foods, you know, quote unquote health foods where it's like, you're not eating the skin of a cucumber and somehow that's going to make you lose weight. (laughs) It doesn't. And, uh, you know, everything's organic. And, um, and then as a kid, I did all the fad diets of the eighties, like fit for life and, and, you know, the zone and South beach and, and all that. And so, I had no, uh, prior to really, um, 2016, I had no kind of education on how my body used the various foods I ate. And so I was just like, you know, I believe for a while I was, I was allergic to carbohydrates. And so (laughs) if I didn't eat carbohydrates, I would lose all the weight I needed to lose. And I lost a bunch of weight not eating carbohydrates. Oh, sure. And then I started to gain weight. And I was like, this, I have not, I'm in ketosis. My, I'm pissing on a stick and it's deep purple. And, um, and, and I'm, what's happening? How could I possibly be (laughs) gaining weight? You know, but like learning about how the body, my body used food gave me a little bit more power to kind of construct my eating plan in a way that I was happy with it. And it was getting me to my goal. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important. Like what you're doing has to make you happy and you have to actually enjoy what you're doing because sometimes people, I feel like people just create such a reliance on something that that they're doing the diet the training plan the exercise whatever it is the supplements right and then they think that that is sustainable but what happens like once they can't do that if they are not happy doing that and then once they stop doing that do they have a fallback plan 
You know, what's, what are the fundamentals that is allowing them to actually see results? You know, and a lot of times, like even with keto, you no, know, sure, it works for some people, but for a lot of people, they go back to eating carbs and they put on more weight than they lost because they have no idea what's going on. Keto was magical. So it means I have to keep doing keto. You know, there's no fundamental understanding. And I feel like if people were to educate themselves briefly about what calories are, what are the all types of foods they can eat instead of eliminating food, just limit foods, you know, and actually have that, those fundamental, that fundamental knowledge that will help them actually keep the weight off in the longer perspective, you know, because people like myself before I've tried a lot of different diets. I had no idea what I needed to do. I knew that I have to do a ton of cardio to lose weight because people that lose weight do a ton of cardio. I didn't work (laughs) out the first two years. I I was afraid of weights. The first time, the first time one of my friends back in the day, actually, he uh, invited me to go to the gym. And I hated going to the gym because I felt so out of place. It's this huge guy. I'm obese. I'm like, ah, people are going to start judging me. They're going to start to, you know, say, no, what's he doing here? And then I just left the gym after one day. I didn't go back until maybe two years later or something yeah. like that. You know, and during those two years, I just did cardio, you know, never picked up a weight. And I lost weight, but I looked sickly. I looked like not in good health, you know, so... And I, I start to actually enjoy doing certain activities. I start to, I, I call it like the uh, buffet of trying out all the weights. I had no idea what I was supposed to do. Right. Let me try this one. Let me try that one. See what I like, see what I don't like. And slowly I started to find some kind of enjoyment in doing that, doing these exercises. And that made me happy. You know, I wasn't relying on something crazy. You know, but I did go through a period of a lot of guilt, specifically with food. That yeah. was uh, what people always ask me, you know, how long did it take you to lose the weight? And I wish like the response was shorter than it is, but right. in reality it was about four and a half years. Yeah. Primarily because of like emotional attachments to certain foods, beating myself up for eating, I don't know, bad food, quote unquote, right. you know, and it's like a downward spiral that took me a lot of years to actually, you know, understand that I can eat certain things, certain foods, and I don't have to do tons of cardio or do a second workout in the day to kind of make up for eating something. Cause that's like a vicious cycle. I feel like it's very difficult to get out of, you yeah. know, I know I went off on a tangent, but that's no, I, I love the like- tangent. And to your point, it's, it's very tricky when we have these ideas in our head from experience. And so like, even for me today, uh, you know, I'll come through the holidays where there's just, I have four kids. I have four daughters and a granddaughter. There's so much baking in my house from Thanksgiving to Christmas. It's insane. <laughs> and there's so much like, please taste this, dad. And oh, like, yeah. and like, y- y- you know, it, th- there were years where I just say, absolutely not. I don't eat that, you know? And now I'm kind of like, no, I I know I can taste that and be oh, okay. Yeah. Um, But so like I come out of the holidays and I get on the scale and I'm like, okay, I got to work a little harder right now. I got to, I got to do some fine tuning. I got to make some adjustments. My, there's some part of my mind that's always like, you could just get this off in two days if you quit eating carbs. Right. But, but the conversation is then, am I pissing out water or am I burning Mm -hmm. fat? What am I, what am I actually trying to do? Right. And so I have to talk myself through that. I want to see a result on a scale still. 
that I know is not actual fat loss versus I also know that I can come through the holidays and have a 10 pound swing and that's not all fat gain, but there's probably a yeah. little bit of fat gain in there. And so it, it's, it's, it's a mess. My head becomes a mess with this, but the thing yeah. that's gotten me through for the last seven years is that I have a plan that's worked that I haven't been white knuckling that I've been mostly trucking along with and just getting back on that plan if I've gone off is the most important thing. It's not punishing. It's not, you know, denigrating myself. It's not, you know, the, the other thing I've found is I can, if I'm watching TV or something, I can overeat a boneless, skinless chicken breast. I can eat oh, yeah. that into the point that I feel sick to my stomach and I can overeat anything anything at all. I can overeat celery sticks. I can overeat all these things, which are not going to have a, a bad effect maybe on my uh, adipose tissue. They're not going to increase that possibly, but I know that I have to apply that to anything because I don't feel good when I do that. So I have to yeah. constantly be governing myself a little bit. If I make food for three days and then I go, well, I'm just going to sit down and eat lunch right now out of this bowl that's really food for three days. I I can eat the whole bowl, you know? Oh, yeah. Especially if it's delicious. If I make something that's <laughs> delicious, it's easy to overeat that. And so portioning my food has become really important to me. And And it doesn't mean that I'm measuring everything or weighing everything, but like I know if I, I know what eight ounces of chicken looks like. I, yeah. I can easily sneak 12 in there and I know I'm doing that too. And I have to stop myself from doing that, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. I think what's extremely important that a lot of people hide behind sometimes and may not realize to themselves is honesty with themselves. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times people tend to blame external factors besides themselves that are creating a lack of progress or lack of accountability. You know, and a lot of times, you know, it's it pays so much to tell yourself what you're doing. Like you mentioned, the 12 ounces versus the eight ounces. It's not a big deal. Right. But a lot of people will just top that off and maybe that chicken turns into peanut butter instead. Oh, instead of one tablespoon, now it's three tablespoons. You know, and then it's like you, you're telling yourself you didn't do this, but then you're not seeing progress and you're upset at the external factors, maybe you're carbohydrate sensitive, you start making things up or whatever the case you're, you know, you make things up, but the reality is you have to start with being honest with yourself, you know, and this, this honesty just compounds the exact same way as maybe losing half a pound a week will compound to a huge change over time. This, this honesty on a daily basis that somebody maybe do a couple of times a day will compound in the wrong direction. You know, and I think that, you know, honesty is extremely important and it yeah. is all mental. I feel yeah. like, I think like if you're not mentally in it and if you, if you're, if your mentality is not in the right place, you know, physically, you will probably not reach your goal because if you're mentally feeling defeated, it may make you start trying different things, start reducing your calories, seeing how little calories you can get away with, you know, and if, if your mentality doesn't, is in a place where you're comfortable, where you know exactly the plan you're supposed to be sticking on. You know, I think it's gonna be a very, very difficult ride. And that's pretty much what I struggled with myself before. You know, my mentality was trash. Like I was look, I was I ate a cookie and then I didn't eat 
meals from breakfast to lunch the following day. Right. I, I, there was a, a pizza joint after the gym and my friends and I used to go to that pizza place and get, and get a burger and fries. Right. That was like our thing when we went to the gym a couple of times a month together. And if I had that burger and fries, I didn't eat the next day until probably dinner because I felt so guilty. And on top of that, I went to the gym either a second time or did like maybe an extra hour of cardio to burn off whatever I felt like I had to burn off, you know, and I had no idea about the idea of calories. I had no idea about what protein, I mean, I knew what protein is, but I didn't know exactly, you know, how much protein I should be eating or roughly how much I should be eating. And this, these mental struggles is exactly why it took me such a long time. Yeah. And it also led me to trying this diet for the next two weeks, that diet for the next three weeks and seeing which one will work best for me because other people are doing it. It's working for them, I think. So let me try it as well, you know, and the, the protein like mental struggle. It, it is a mental struggle. And the protein thing is interesting. My experience was always that I figured any meat was mostly protein. So a ribeye steak is mostly <laughs> protein, right? And the reality, yeah. sadly, is a ribeye steak by energy is mostly fat. Mm-hmm. And a hot dog is mostly fat. <laughs> and, you know, I know you can get now nowadays, you can get a hot dog made yeah. with white meat turkey, and it isn't mostly not fat. Not back in the like, day. <laughs> but not back in the day, right. And so <laughs> I had this idea, like people would, I, I would hear over and over, like the benefits of protein. And I'd go, I do, I mostly eat protein. That was not the case. You know, my no. my chicken thighs, maybe chicken thighs have more protein by energy than, than fat, but they still have a lot of fat. And I was always oh, putting oh, yeah. olive oil on them and, and, and <laughs> stuff like that and turning it into a high fat meal. Yeah. Protein. I, I find protein to, to be as magical. I think as I'm sure keto people find fat to be. Um, oh, yeah. I just think like, if you actually look at what, how the body uses these two things that, most people would think of protein as truly more beneficial than fat, right? We need a little bit of fat, but the body can get a lot more use out of protein. Yeah. I mean, that's also one of the things I try to push out to people because it's a fact. It works. I mean, if if somebody was eating 2000 calories of a loaf, protein diet versus somebody or versus them eating a same amount of calorie diet, but now it's a you know high protein, they will probably lose weight because now they're eating more protein. And this doesn't click, you know, because protein, you know, higher thermic effect of food. You know, you want to make sure you're burning as much as you can. And people think that, oh, you know, it's not that important. It's only for muscle recovery. There's so much more to this, you know, and back in the day, you know, it was a lot more or a lot less rather food choices there weren't as many healthy uh like wraps hot dogs you know all that kind of stuff so your choices were very limited or a lot more limited but now there's so many options out there that if you really want to prioritize your health and you want to actually eat food that tastes pretty decent there's so many options out there even like the ice cream i absolutely love eating ice cream halo top i know there's a few ones that aren't the best but you know there's a lot of good options out there you know, yeah. and I also, somebody said this before, I forgot who made this quote, where I heard it from. It's uh, failing to plan is planning to fail. Yeah. You know, and I feel like people are looking for something other than a plan. They want something that will magically turn things over for them, make them flip that switch on. But what they need is a plan, something to follow daily. It, sh- it doesn't have to be complex. It should be 
simple so they can actually keep themselves accountable, you know? And I feel like once somebody creates a plan or follows something precise visually that they see they have to do, it goes from a point of, hopefully it goes from a point of, I should probably do this, or I kind of want to do this. I'll do this later too. Instead, I'm doing this because this is the plan. And if I don't reach, if I don't do the plan, if I don't follow the plan, I will not reach my goal. You know, and this plan I feel like is very important. And that's what people should consider. They have to have things that they do, no matter how simple, daily, because they need to, they have to do these things. You know, they can't just wish for progress and then be upset, you know, at the progress they didn't reach by the things they didn't do. It yeah. happens so many times. Yeah. How different, if you can take a, a like a snapshot of your life at 15 when you were eating fast food three times a day and playing video games, how different is your life today? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I can talk about my body. I can talk about my internal health all day. But what really matters to me personally is the freedom of doing things throughout the day that a regular person does that I can do now. Not sweating profusely in a spring-ish weather where I'm carrying two bags of groceries from outside. You know, walking up the stairs and not being out of breath. You know, tying my shoes without thinking twice about it because I don't want to do it so much because I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna be all blue in the face because I'm bending down. Right. You know, going outside and not having to worry about what are the most amount of clothing I can wear in the darkest color so that I bring less attention to myself. I can just pull out whatever shirt fits just fine out of the closet and know that it will look just fine on me instead of sitting there or standing there for half an hour trying to find the perfect article of clothing that, you know, is hiding me the most, you know, and just doing regular things, putting on a seatbelt and not feeling uncomfortable in the car. People 
don't understand how satisfying that feeling is. You know, going on an airplane and knowing that you're not going to be touching the sides. You can fit just fine. You can walk between people on the bus, on the subway, and not be a complete nuisance or just annoyance to them because, oh, here's a, another fat guy walking by me. Let me just, you know, avoid him. And just social interactions, man. Life is just, you know, this life is just so much better and easier because you can just do things that a lot of people I feel like take for granted that want to know how, you know, it impacts them if they were overweight, you know, and of course my health is better, obviously. Yeah. You know, I used to hate crowds because I would have people brushing into parts of my body mm -hmm. that, that I feel like are not parts of my body that are, you know, you know, like my stomach stuck out so far even the fat on my back stuck out so far that it would be like, I, I'm, I'm bumping into people and they're two people away from me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, it was awful. 100%. That kind of stuff was awful. Uh, but yeah. I'm, I, I'm wondering about like your day to day today versus what you were doing when you were mostly sedentary, mostly recluse, mostly eating fast food. How different is life today? Is it, is it just that you changed your eating habits and mostly the same, or is it starkly different? I still try to enjoy foods that I liked back in the day. I mean, as far as what I ate before, it was no control. Uh, I'm in New York, so you know, baking egg and cheese on a roll with you know sausage and ketchup, and you know, go to Dunkin' Donuts and get like a large, sweet, light and sweet coffee. Easily, I don't know, twelve hundred calories for breakfast, lunch, takeout. Snacks in between, probably cookies or whatever is the most delicious thing I can find. You know, dinner, probably takeout. I remember one of my frequent meals for takeout was go to a pizzeria, get a rice ball, get two or three slices of pizza and get like a hero with uh, eggs and potatoes and sausage. Wolf that down, no problem. Repeat again the next day. Zero activity behind a computer. You know, school was going great until I started cutting class. And then it's like, let me go back home so I can be more sedentary, you know? And with me not liking to be around people, there was no social life. You know, there was no social life, which means I wasn't as active around people. You know, I feel like if you have a some kind of a social life, you still are more active physically because you got to go see people. You, you Maybe you do things together, but that wasn't me. You know, I probably had one of the lowest, you know, sedentary levels ever because i didn't do anything maybe i went to the bus went to school left the school early went home and just ate everything you know if i stopped by uh if i saw a subway restaurant on the way home i got two foot longs i ate it in probably five or ten minutes it was you know that was like my regular occurrence three big macs and some fries or whatever it was you know and i used to i feel like i used to punish myself with food yeah. you know i think that's really what it was it was like I might as well do this. It tastes pretty good. There's not a crazy positive outlook on life because look at me, might as well keep going down this path. And what's the thing that will satisfy my hunger right now, make me feel a bit better, like a little dopamine hit. You know, it's probably something tasty, you know, maybe enjoy myself for five or 10 minutes, get that instant gratification of eating something tasty and then being misery until next meal. You know, now it's just like, I know what food fuels me. I know what food is better for me. You know, I don't punish myself punish myself with food anymore because it's, you know, I've been doing this for so many years and, you know, 
yeah, it was good. It was about 15 years ago, but you know, it's, I don't really punish myself with food anymore. And I don't have guilt because I ate something that wasn't, you know, bad quote unquote. You know, if I order something, I eat it. I just know it has more calories than I probably wanted to have, but it doesn't mean that I did something wrong. You know, it's just nutrition. And I also feel like right now my goal I mean, my goals have changed as I've started to work out, put on muscle, get healthier. You know, I think everybody does, you know, yeah. like put on muscle, get jacked, jacked and tan, get strong. Now it's just like, I want to live a healthy life in the future. You know, I want to set an example with somebody else that may be in the same spot I was. I just want to live a life that isn't filled with complications that may occur from being overweight and unhealthy. Now, that's my personal goal now, and it's vastly different because I'm more optimistic now. And before, I was a huge pessimist. Like uh, I used to not look forward to anything. I was looked at the glasses being half empty all the time because when you're in that kind of condition and place, there's only so many things that can go through your head. You yeah. know, it's like, and also, I used to compare myself with people before as well. You know, and I, that used to really get me down because I felt like I wasn't capable of achieving the same success somebody else was able to achieve. That just kept pushing me down and down and down until I started to use them as inspiration instead of actually comparing myself to them. Because the more I compare myself to them, the more I start to look at my flaws and the things that I'm terrible at or that I perceive to be terrible at. But once I started seeing other people in a light of, if they can do it, well, why can't I do it? All they got to do is just work backwards, see where they're at, see where I'm at, and then see what things I can apply from their journey into my own personal life and just do the same things long enough to a point where I see success. You know, and at the point where my, where it clicked for me, you know, I started to think about things differently. I think it was a physical necessity, but it was also a mental change because from that point on, something changed mentally where I started to look at certain situations in the light of I'm going to do whatever it takes to be where I want to be. And I'm going to figure out exactly how to do it. Something changed. Whereas before I had no desire, no motivation, no reason to achieve any goals. But then once that point clicked, I'm like, all right, well, somebody else has reached that goal. What can I do to somehow get to a similar goal? and replicate their process. And that has been with stuck with me for the last 15-ish years or so, and I still apply it to my life today. And I feel like you know, everybody that has, that has achieved a certain level of success in life, somebody else can do the exact same if they just work backwards and apply some of the things that work for them. It's their own personal life, you know? And that that's exactly right. Hopefully that answers the question. Maybe we'll yeah. went off on a tangent again. No, but. no, you did. You did perfectly. I, I, I'm... I, I, I try to think about these things for me like today versus when I first began or even today versus when I got on the plan I'm on now, which wasn't when I first began. You know, I first began in 2002. So that's 21 years ago. And when I first began, uh, you know, it was just totally different. It was a liquid diet followed by, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a quote unquote health diet follow where, where I was. I was allowed to eat in any quantity. I wanted certain types of foods followed by a blood type diet followed by oh, you know, all of that stuff where at, you know, I went from 
500 plus to 460 on on a liquid diet or, or 480 on a liquid diet and then you know eating health foods i continued to lose weight so obviously i'm going like this is working then suddenly it's like oh no you can lose a lot of weight if, <laughs> if you get rid of the potatoes right because those are carbs oh, yeah. you're also allergic to carbs and so it was like okay then i'm doing that and i lost some weight but it kept changing but then it got to a point where at like 400 pounds it was like oh no it's not just going to fly off you anymore you now no. now you have to you have to change it again so um but like through the course of that, doing all those things, I found that my life is is incomparable now. And and in ter- in the same terms yeah. you're talking about, like I don't like tying my shoes is not a big deal, right? Yeah. Um, uh, oh yeah. You know, and and even now I'll try to do shortcuts to everything because I'm <laughs> so accustomed as a really fat guy to to figuring out shortcuts for everything. And so like I'm gonna. I'm going to tie my shoes without bending my knees. Right. And, and that, that will be less <laughs> because I can. Yeah, because I can. And and then and then I'll get lightheaded and I'll go, maybe I should have done the squat to get my shoes out or something like that. Um, but like, yeah, I can go on a, on an airplane. It's not an issue. I don't have to worry about seatbelt extensions. Um, oh, yeah. I don't, I, you know, I don't have to worry that I'm going to break every chair I sit in or every bed I get on or, or any of those things. But like, just my habits have changed. And I, and I also think about how time and time again, when I started, I would try to have that entire change take place in one day, right? And I would Mm -hmm. try to have that change occur by just the decision. I want to lose weight. I'm going to lose weight. That would be all the change I needed. And then there were other times where I would try to go, um, I don't need to totally change. All I need to do is take out one thing. I'm going to take out sugar. If I just take out sugar, I'll be okay. So I had this balancing act of like, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to make a complete life change tomorrow. Or I'm going to do as little as possible because I want the fastest route. But what I found was it really took many, many years for me to get to a place where I, where I went, Oh, I've, pretty much broken that habit um that compulsion is gone even if it kind of rears its head i've got enough battle and munitions to to kill it when it when it creeps up on me and i'm trucking along through life and and not miserable and and getting the progress i want to get took a long time like you talked about how long did it take you to lose the weight took about four years and Mm -hmm. i'm sure even today, the other thing I keep thinking about too is like, I'm still a student. I'm still looking for ways to change yeah. and improve. Whereas back 100%. then, I just wanted it all right now. And I wanted it yeah. either at the littlest cost or I wanted to make the most severe change overnight. And both of those yeah. things failed for me over and over again. Yeah, I think it fails for a lot of people. I think it's a very, it's, it's multiple factors that play a part into this. I think the most important one is that people think that decades or a decade of unhealthy habits will somehow magically be overturned in a single night or a week. That doesn't, if you take a zoomed out view over that 10 years or 20 years, whatever, a decade of you doing something that's not benefiting you, how is that going to change on a whim? 
It's not going to happen, but people want these things to happen and they may resort to these diets like the juice diets or these elimination diets and they may lose a whole bunch of weight the first few weeks because you have to because you're just eating less into those juice diets or the the water fasting whatever it is it's not magical but i feel like it's like the shiny object syndrome people think that it's magical because because i was at the checkout aisle on the store and, and this woman lost 34 pounds in six and a half days let me pick up this article do the same exact thing you know and these like marketing play a, plays a part on, on the people's strengths it pulls on them and then the people want this instant gratification and they don't look at the bigger picture and they may lose five ten pounds maybe 20 pounds in a week they feel great but at what cost? At the cost of feeling like crap later on that you did something wrong, that's not sustainable for you. You know, and I think that if more people took a zoomed, zoomed out approach and considered a single pound of weight loss per week, which is probably what not a lot of people want, maybe even half a pound. I mean, I, I can't tell you one person that is satisfied with right now that wants to start their weight loss journey with a single pound of weight loss. Probably very, very few. You know, but that's over 50 pounds in a year. And let's say even 25 pounds, a half a pound of weight loss. Like how many decades do some people spend trying to lose the same 20, 25, 50 pounds? Yeah. Because they're trying this, they're trying that because they want that whatever thing they're doing to kind of hook onto them and become their life all of a sudden, you know? And if they just change one single thing, take out sugar or or limit sugar, you know, swap out some higher calorie options for a little little lower calorie options. You know, even the potatoes. I get so much shit online for saying I eat potatoes. Why <laughs> eating potatoes? Crazy. I'm like, I absolutely love potatoes. They're not good for you. They have starch. I'm like, yeah, I know. They're full of carbs. I'm like, absolutely. Why are you eating? But every time I, I tell people I eat potatoes, it's like I get so much hate online. And I feel like it's, it comes from a place of other people telling them that you can't eat carbs or that starch is bad for you for whatever reason, you know. And it's just insane, like the idea regarding potatoes at the one of the best foods, in my opinion, to lose weight. I mean, but yeah, when you start putting sour cream, cheese, whole different story. But a baked potato, you know, is extremely satiating, yeah. you know. And people got to look at things like if I forgot exact numbers, but if if you became 1% better today than you were yesterday and that compounded every single day, a single 1%, I believe you would be 374, about 370% better in the course of a year. I'm probably way off, but this, these percentages, these little changes compound when people try to change themselves 50% over a weekend, that is not sustainable. Right. But if you change a single habit, for the next month or so, not the changed habit becomes your new baseline. You just do it out of habits, second nature for you. Maybe you can consider changing a second habit. You know, this half a pound, three quarters of a pound per week, it will add up to be 30 pounds before you know it in less than a year. But that's not going to happen if you try to change everything at once because that will usually tends to cause a lot of frustration guilt feeling like you're just not not cut out for this it may make you start considering maybe i'm allergic to this maybe i'm sensitive to this you know start thinking about all these different things that could possibly be an issue when the reality is the things you do are just way too much yeah you know people want this 
-hmm. the thing, the thing, your sales pitch, which resonates with me so deeply. And again, if it's going to be very hard for somebody who is at their very first instance of going, I want to lose weight or I want to make a change. If it's, if they've not had any struggle with it, it's going to be a message I think that's lost on them. But for so many people like me who I could easily and have in the past lost the same 50 pounds twice in a year and wound up heavier at the next January than I started the last year and lost 50 pounds two different times. The idea of you've done that, you've lost that weight over and over and over again. Let's try to figure out a plan that you can live with forever that yeah. will get you to whatever goal you want. Because this plan of like, I'm going to lose the 50 pounds really fast. If you're like me and it's failed over and over again, you just don't want to do that anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, it's a miserable couple of months where you're lightheaded most of the time. You're you're crabby. You're antisocial. It sucks. And then the weight just comes right back, comes yeah. right fucking back. And it's devastating to wake up oh, yeah. going, I got to do that again. And I'm starting in a worse place than I was last time. That's awful. And so your whole pitch is you don't have to do that. Let's just take yep. it really slow. Exactly. And it's very difficult to get that through the heads of people that taking it slow is the right appro approach because people, again, want this, want this instant gratification. I have a vacation I have to go on in June. Right now it's May. I got to lose 30 pounds. And they create these like boxes for themselves. They have to hit that goal in that time period, no matter what. Well, in reality, you're not going to reach that goal. I'm sorry. And then when you don't reach that goal, how shitty are you going to feel about yourself? Right. You're going to feel terrible. You got to start earlier, have a plan, you know, have accountability and know that it's going to probably take you three times at least as long as you think it's going to take you. So triple that time, double that time, give yourself more time to actually reach that goal. Because if you compress this schedule in a short period of time, you will likely try to do things that are more drastic that will help you reach that goal in that shortened time period, you know, and you may resort to crazy things to do it. You may starve yourself, you know, because, you know, you, you got to reach that goal for whatever reason that you told yourself. And sustainability is, should be considered from the beginning, which is why I personally believe that meal plans are not realistic. I mean, if you follow a specific meal plan that somebody told you you have to eat in order to lose your weight, you will likely feel like you have to rely on that meal plan to reach your goal and to sustain your progress. Who can eat the same food for the rest of their life or for the next, I don't know, couple of years? You can use it as a suggestion, but you should know all the kinds of foods that you could eat, you know? And instead of my personal belief is that you shouldn't eliminate any kind of food, especially food that you enjoy, unless perhaps if it's a trigger food that causes like a binge eating uh, occurrence to happen. But moderation goes a long way. You know, limitation, not elimination. You know, when I tell people, you should probably limit some of these healthy foods. Olive oil, I love olive oil, but you put a few extra tablespoons and they're going to be guessing why am I not losing weight at the pace that I think I should be losing weight. You know, avocados, I love them healthy fats, but if you're eating guac twice a week, I mean, that's probably like a thousand or so extra calories, depending how much you can eat. I can eat a lot, yeah. you know, but 
limitation, not elimination. And just give yourself more time and look at sustainability as the main goal. You know, because if it, if you can't see yourself doing doing this for the rest of your life, you probably shouldn't do it because it's not going to be sustainable for you. You know, that's my personal belief. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. Earlier, you talked about honesty. Um, there's a really interesting part of uh, recovery for me, which is when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about drugs and alcohol. But it, uh, one of the the very early things that you do is it says, and again, I, I'm not uh, pushing the idea of God on anyone. God can be whatever you want. Like for me, God could be just uh, any higher power up to you. But it says uh, we've admitted before God and another that we are powerless to drugs and alcohol. And this idea for me has been really profound because for a long time, I didn't really apply it to food. I didn't think about food and substances in the same way at all. And I don't think of them in the exact same way because substances for me just require abstinence and I can't be abstinent from food. So it is different. But this idea of admitting to somebody else um, I, I, you know, me admitting that I had this problem to my wife, you know, as of today, I look back on it and I'm like, it's like a kid who's standing covered in paint telling their mom they made a mess of paint. You know, there's paint all over the wall, right? Red paint. The kid's covered in red paint and the kid's scared to tell the mom. The mom knows the kid did the, made the mess with paint. So, but at the time, it was very much like, I have to tell you this. I have to tell you this thing. I have this problem. And that has helped me immensely because I found, and it wasn't just a, a miracle thing that by admitting to her that I had this problem, that the problem evaporated, I had to work at becoming honest, but it was helpful to have somebody else to know like, even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
it's very easy for me to lie to myself, to harm myself. Oh, yeah. I have no problem really ever like uh, my life on my own seems almost irrelevant to me. However, if I'm dealing with another person, my life becomes important because I am now responsible for them to some degree. And with my wife, yeah. it's it's been very helpful to have somebody to talk to. Do you encourage people to get accountable to others or have somebody else to communicate with these things about? A hundred percent. You know, I think that accountability is and support goes hand in hand. And a lot of times, you know, you may not want to be that person. That's the way that I felt. I got this. It's under my control. You don't have this. It's very difficult to do this by yourself. If it hasn't worked before, you try to fix it. It's probably not going to work in the future unless for some miracle it does work. But voicing what's happening is, I think, the most difficult step forward. But you got to like break that barrier of voicing what is troubling you to somebody else that may be, may be able to help. A lot of times, no family may not be able to help. They may just encourage your bad behavior. But if you can't at least tell to them to kind of break, take that first step, you know, and then talk to your friends about it. Hopefully your friends can help you out. But I think that support is extremely important because if it's a group of people, if it's a Facebook group, if it's some people you met online in your exact position, just get it out there because then you will tell yourself there is a problem and I'm trying to get help for it. Whereas if you kind of cover up, you're dishonest with yourself. You don't let people know that this is happening. You're going to be in the same spot probably a few years from now without any kind of substantial change. So I think that you should voice it to whoever you can. Hopefully those people can support you on your journey, keep you accountable, but maybe I don't think relying on other people to be accountable for is a good idea because you got to be accountable with yourself, yeah. you know? And I, I read this thing that, again, I forget who said this. They said, uh, accountability is one of the best ways of self-care, you know? And if you want to really develop self-care, the like proper positive routines, get accountability from somewhere. Maybe it's a group of supporters, you know? And for me, it was my friends. You know, I have very small friends group. They were very supportive of me. My mom, of course, I told her what's going on, but she's like, oh, you're, you're healthy. You're okay. You're healthy. I'm like, okay, well, she's like a, she's a single mom he, here, have some money, go get, um, go get takeout. I'm like, okay, but it's not helping me, you know? And it's like, depends where you can get support from, but I think that's reaching out for help is not a, as a man, especially a lot, I feel like a lot of men don't want to do that because yeah. they feel like they're they are in absolute control, but it's not a unmanly thing to ask for help. I think it's one of the most manly things that somebody can do is reach out for help, because you can be honest with yourself and you can develop a relationship with somebody else that you will probably have for the rest of your life. You know, in my opinion, and it's I a agree. very positive thing to have another male in your life that's helping you on your journey. You know, you become more aware of you, your emotions and you may not be um, so set back by them that you have to, you know, uphold this manly standard of, you know, I have to figure out my problems by myself because I'm a man. You know, you, you should voice them, in my opinion. I completely agree. You know, uh, if I wanted to, you know, take apart or learn how to repair a car engine, I have no fucking clue how to do that. I would have to ask somebody to help me or 
start looking into it. Right. But I wouldn't come at it from the position of like, I'm embarrassed that somebody's going to know that I don't know how to do this. And I think that th that embarrassment and shame plays a big part in people not feeling super comfortable, especially men in saying like, I require assistance or I need help or I don't yeah. know what to do. That's a big deal. But I, I think that we can become humble and go like, I quite obviously don't know how to do this because I'm in the state that needs repair. Right. And so like, yeah, it's not a secret from anybody. They all know, let's assume they all know. And they're either being very polite or they love me and they don't want to hurt my feelings or whatever it is, but they all know. And when you ask them for help, if they're not total scumbags or a loving mother who just wants to comfort her yeah. kids, because I understand that too. And I don't think she's that I'm not calling your mother a scumbag. I'm saying like <laughs> it's just a different, it's just a different yeah. energy thing. But like of course. people that are aware of it and looking at it and going like there, there's not gonna be, there shouldn't be some big surprise and like, oh my God, you don't know how to do X. Uh, you should be really embarrassed by that. I mean, you know. Yeah. So I, I think that's important too. Uh, I really liked what you said about that. Yeah. And I also, I found myself looking for help in other parts of my life that I could use a bit of improvement on from outside sources, mentors, coaches, stuff like that. Because I feel like to me, that is the definition of a shortcut, essentially. You yeah. can try to figure it out yourself and not ask for help, or you can reach out for help and have them show you what you should possibly do. You know, it took me a long time to get to this. You know, I think it's also me not reaching out for help before was enabled by, again, years of habits and just feeling a certain way, you know, like bullying in school. I experienced that a lot, you know, sitting in back of the classroom, trying to hide from everybody. I'm not going to develop into somebody who's reaching out for help when I've experienced those things before on a repeated daily basis, you know, so all these things kind of compound and it's, it takes a lot of effort to unravel these things into the opposite direction and start to reach out for people and have yourself be shown when so many years were spent hiding and being dishonest with yourself and trying to avoid as much attention. Even right now, I can, people see me on social media making videos. I am not a social person. You know, I'm a recluse. I make these videos because it took me a long time to even press that record button. I do not like looking at myself. I do not like photos of myself. But I felt like if I want to reach as many people as I can, it is just something that I have to do. I remember the first, very first time I did a, I started on Facebook, uh, did a Facebook live, went terribly awful to hit that. It wasn't a video, it was a live video to press that record button from never hitting that record button in my life took me three hours of anxiety of sweating. My heart rate was through the roof. I stood up out of my seat probably 20 times and told myself, why are you doing this? Nobody cares about this. Nobody's going to watch you. You're stupid. You're not. Who are you? Don't do this. Three hours. I pressed that record button. I blanked out. I forgot what I said. Never watched that video again in my life, but I did it. Yeah. And that started to kind of unravel the years of hiding and hating myself and not knowing that there may be somebody else out there who, who could possibly benefit from what I have to say. There may be somebody else out there, you know, but again, all these years of habits that don't help will not be 
changed in a single day. It will take repetition, you know, and, you know, I'm not the perfect uh, social media person that will tell you, oh, it's so easy to do this and this. Like, no, it'll take time. But whatever somebody may be going through, if it's, if it took them so many years of repeated actions to get to the point where they are now, it will take time. You know, and that's exactly what I experienced. And it wasn't easy and still is not easy. The press never core button or, you know, showing myself to people is the exact opposite of who I was back then. But just because I was that person back then doesn't mean that I couldn't change. It just took a lot of effort. It took a lot of planning. It's, it took a mental switch that had to be practiced over and over again. Same thing as eating healthy food. You know, you, you may change a few things in your nutrition today, maybe swap out, I don't know, apples instead of potato chips, you know, and then this builds up, builds up over time to the point where now you're eating more vegetables or more fruits in general. Like all these habits just compound over time. And I've applied these things in every part of my life. I used to be an all or nothing kind of person. If it didn't work, I felt terrible about myself, but now I'm like, all right, well, I did this a bit better today than it was last week. I'm getting a bit better if I just practice this continuously. In a year, I'll be a lot better. You know, this mentality is what I've adopted for whatever reason. I don't know where it started, but maybe it was back in the day when I looked at my own health and I said to myself, you know, you have to change yourself or else you will not experience what you think you will experience decades in the future. You you can't because you're not doing things that you have to do today in order to make that happen in the future. Alex, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And now for the Q&A. Today's question comes from Kyle. Hi, Kyle. Kyle says, first and foremost, I'm such a fan and I have been all the way back to the days of Boy Meets World. Thanks, Kyle. Um, He said... I'm not a big fan of social media, so I did not follow your weight loss journey. I'll always remember the moment I noticed when you walked on screen after your weight loss while watching The Ranch. My jaw dropped and I was absolutely shocked because I have so many movies that I watch on a regular, on the regular, and seeing the difference was mind-blowing. With that said, you're a huge inspiration to any of us fat guys who are sincere fans of yours. I'm in the process of going through... And listening to your podcasts and watching these videos to see how you did it. I want to follow in your footsteps and lose weight while keeping muscle. I am currently 350 pounds and wearing a 5XL shirt, size 50 pants. I'm not very picky on my goal weight, but I want to get down to a 2XL shirt and maybe 46 pants or less. If possible, I would love to know any tips or advice you have to reach my goal. Thanks for your time. And once again, you are an inspiration. Kyle, thank you so much. Um, yeah. So I would say, what what is my advice to Kyle? My advice to Kyle is, I, I say 100% don't pick a weight and just aim for that weight. That's really smart. Um, number two, the thing that has helped me more than anything has been, um, changing my, my mind around from considering this a, an, uh, an acute condition to a chronic condition. So this is not something that I 
solved by losing weight. This is something that I will be dealing with for the rest of my life. And that's okay. Um, there is no magical weight I get to that my body says, aha, this is what we want. And this is where we'll stay with little to no effort from you. Um, so it's real work. So in, in, in that sense, I think, um, you know, thinking really long term about creating, uh, a situation that you can adhere to um, forever. And I would make the, the, the diet that is restrictive look very similar to however you envision yourself eating for the rest of your life, just a little bit less. Um, because that way, you know, when you go to maintain your weight, which is also a lot of work, it's not going to look so drastically different, right? Um, I eat the same food, whether I'm trying to slim down for a movie or a photo shoot, or I'm trying to maintain my weight. I eat largely the same stuff and it's food I like, but I try to not, um, celebrate life so much with food. I'm not looking to get, uh, uh, you know, a euphoric blast of happiness every time I eat. Um, I'm not trying to make myself comatose by overeating. I'm not trying to have food relieve me from depression or food enhance a celebration. Um, and if you want to maintain muscle mass, uh, eat a lot of protein and do some resistance training. You don't even have to do that much resistance training. Honestly, I think uh, if you just did a, a couple sessions a week, um, it, it really takes very little to maintain, uh, muscle while losing weight. If you eat a lot of protein and you do a little bit of resistance training and you can look up all kinds of different, um, schemes and formulas for resistance training and specifically for maintaining muscle mass. And you don't have to kill yourself in the gym at all. Um, that's, that's what I would suggest. There's some evidence that, uh, Dr. Spencer Nadalski brought to my attention about people who maybe hit it a little bit harder in the beginning and they get, um, this kind of reward of losing a bunch of weight at first. And that incentivizes them to keep going. The problem with that can be it's harder to maintain muscle mass when you lose weight rapidly. And, um, I wouldn't want you to, uh, lose a bunch of weight and then it be so severe that you fall off and go the other way and gain a bunch of weight back. So if you want to be a little more hardcore at the beginning with the idea that you're going to taper off and it's going to take a long time to lose the amount of weight you need to lose, then that's fine. Um, otherwise just realize that it's going to take a long time and you're in it for the long haul and to take it slow and to, uh, do everything you can to preserve muscle. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I hope and wish him so much success and I hope he lets us know how he's doing 
And yeah, it's I just again, every time you say Ethan, like about taking it slow, it's such a good reminder, you know, because I think we can all get caught up in fast and, you know, and it's not always the right way to do it. So I appreciate that as well. If you have a question that you would like Ethan to answer on this podcast, you can email it to us at AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee. You can follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely.